Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host on Monday nights. We get together and we have chats about uh, financial conversations that people are either afraid of or avoiding or uh, intimidated by or sometimes they just love it and we get to talk about it anyway. So anything that you're thinking you want to have a, uh, have me talk about, I'm happy to do that. Uh, frankly, most of my shows I get from other people asking me to talk about specific topics that they're either uh, not understanding or they're confused on or they're just a little bit intimidated and they don't want to ask somebody else. So it's always a safe place to ask me here. Uh, you're always welcome to call or, or join us in the chat room or email me. Uh, just go to our inspiredchoicesnetwork.com and uh, just plug in financially speaking and you will find me and all the ways to get a hold of me. So feel free to reach out. That's what we do here at the Inspired Choices Network is we we offer all the elements in life that you need that will help you be successful and happy. So tonight we talk financially speaking, of course, and we uh, take on all things financial. Uh, Every other day and night of the week, there is another host out there who can help you with business planning. If you are in business, they can help you with parenting. They can help you with uh, training your pets. They can help you with helping uh, with relationship advice. Uh, They can help with just general life uh, questions that you might have. Uh, There's some really cool stuff that I am no expert on about energy and how the universe works. Uh, But I will tell you, if if you listen to the different shows and you work on the areas of your life that you need and and get yourself whatever support that you need from either us here um, collectively or someplace uh, where you need to work on a specific uh, issue yourself, that will definitely help in all other aspects of your life. And by that, I mean, if you are, are happy in your life, then you will attract more money. That's just, I've seen it. Uh, I've watched people do it. I have, uh, worked with some people. I don't, I don't do this kind of thing, but, uh, uh, I've had some close friends that are also financial clients of mine and my normal, my everyday practice of, uh, finance, uh, be it, uh, investing or insurance or bookkeeping. And I've tried that with them and we've worked on their mindset and wouldn't, you know, it, they manifested more money and, uh, uh, we're very excited about it, which made them very happy. And, it worked out really well. So we've done it. And I've, I've said to them, because we're close friends, I said, try it. Let's take the experiment and let's try it. You know, manifest what you want. Don't focus on negative. Don't talk about negative. Don't hang around with negative people <laughs> um, and focus on making things better for yourself. And sure enough, it worked when, uh, when they put their mind to it. So I just encourage you, if you need help with the shifting your mindset, because money really is all about mindset. Uh, money, uh, it's its funny, I tell people this and, and they laugh and I say it on the show and I, it, to some people it sounds like a little silly, but money is not emotional. Money doesn't think about us, money doesn't miss us, money doesn't uh, save it, save anything for us and say, well, oh, you're spending too much, so I'll decide that I'm going to save some money, 
you know, save some of the money for, for you for an emergency. Money doesn't think, period. <laughs> and, and money only has power because we say that it's an accepted form of currency. Uh, if you were to study financial markets, the very first crash was tulipomania, and it was because they traded tulips as their type of currency. And if we go way, way back before we even called it currency, we traded um, parcels from our farm for, for products from other farms. So it might be where we're trading skins of animals for, for warmth versus loaves of bread. That's a type of currency. And that happens and it's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. We just didn't call it that until we had the government come and say, you know what, it's gonna be something called the dollar and that's gonna be our accepted form of currency. So uh, really we gave it authority to say it was a, a type of important piece of paper. Cause really when you look at it, it's just a piece of paper that's colored. And we just decided as a society that it's gonna have value and that value is gonna buy stuff and the more of it we have, the more stuff we can buy. And at the end of the day, um, money, we could decide tomorrow, the, the, the governments could decide tomorrow that we're gonna use paper clips as a form of currency. And then we'd put the power onto paper clips. And that's why I tell people, uh, as silly as it sounds, is money has no power over us. We give it the power, which means we have the power. So when people are, are stressed out because they don't have enough money or they're, they're they don't have enough to pay their bills or whatever the case is, I tell them, stop focusing on all the negative. Let's look on how we get it straight. Because once you get yourself organized and you're tracking your cash and it's so simple. And I, I know when I say this stuff, people say, well, it sounds so simple when you say that because it really is. If you track your cash and you say, I know how much is coming in and I know how much is going out. And if what's coming in is greater than what's going out, fantastic. Then we can start to invest our money and save our money and make sure we have all the protection in place for our family in case something were to happen. And by that, I, I mean, we look at insurance because uh, there's different opportunities in insurance to uh, use it. Not just insurance isn't one of those scary things. And I'm, I'm not getting into insurance tonight. We've talked about it on different shows and we'll talk about it again because I think it's actually a really fun topic. And it's still one of those topics that people are confused about and don't understand. But the reality of it is uh, insurance can be an asset, like literally an asset on your balance, your balance sheet. Like it's, it's an asset because you can grow wealth inside of an insurance policy and you can use it for tax efficient measures. Um, there's some pretty cool stuff there. So when we talk about your money tracking your cash and your money is coming in, exceeds the money coming out, going out, that's where you want to be. And, but we want to make sure we're efficient at it. Once we get to that point, then we look at efficiencies and we're like, oh, well, are we, you know, spending the money in the right place? Um, but if you're in the other camp where more money is going out than coming in, that means we have to make some changes. And that's where we really got to watch our money tightly. And that's where we have to be very, very careful about uh, how we're spending money. And the easiest way to do that is to just track it. So how's the easiest way to do that? Get a receipt for everything that you buy. Do not make your life complicated. Do not buy fancy software. Don't spread up. Don't make fancy spreadsheets, even though I love spreadsheets. <laughs> but don't make yourself complicated. Just get a receipt. And then at the end of the day, just either write it down on a piece of paper to track it, or if you want to put it on a spreadsheet, so be it. Make it an easy one. Have one column that's got cash coming in and one column's got cash going out. And in the cash going out column, just type in, you know, $3 for the you know, a chocolate bar or, and a pop or whatever it is that you 
be a purchase and then just add them all up. And then when you start to look at it, you're going to be conscious now of how many times you buy coffee in a day outside of your house, how many times you buy fast food, how many times you eat out. And these are all things that once you start to become aware of, because frankly, the stuff I see with people, it's just an awareness. People aren't aware where they're spending the money. I have had um, conversations with all kinds of different people. And I'm going to tell you that there are people out there that make a lot of money and they don't have a lot of money saved because they do not track where their money's going. And they didn't realize how much they were spending on now. I know we have a pandemic, but normally in uh, an outing on the weekend, they had no idea how much they were spending. They had no, I have one fantastic girl who made tons and tons of money, lovely, lovely girl, great personality, couldn't understand why she didn't have more money. And we realized she didn't know how many times she was going shopping to buy shoes and purses. And as soon as we started to realize that, she's like, holy smokes, like, maybe I don't need to go every weekend and buy new shoes and a purse. So once we started to get right on that and just conscious of it, it's, it's literally about being conscious of your money. So that's what we do. Uh, well, that's what I do actually every day in my practice. Uh, we break it down. We make it nice and simple. Um, my book, the all ladies should use the F word. It's a guide to loving your finances. It's a guide for women to understand finances. It's a plain language, uh, easy to follow, easy to understand. I think, I hope. <laughs> um, and what it does is it just says, watch your money. And then once you watch your money and you, that, that's when it gets fun, to be honest, you watch your money and you start to realize that you're now making, bringing more in than you're taking out of the household. And then you can start doing cool things in the investing and the savings and financial planning. Cause I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who it is that I've talked to where they get scared about their money or they're worried. They can't understand it. The very second we start investing and they start to see it grow, they watch it all the time. They get excited. They don't want to withdraw the money. They can see that it's growing. And then we do the calculate. I do the calculation to show them that if we stay on this track, what it's got the potential to grow into, they think it's exciting. And it is, it's fun to watch. Who doesn't want to watch something grow? And if you're going to watch something grow, I mean, we love watching flowers grow in the spring. Why wouldn't we love watching money grow in our savings or our investments? It's just a lot of fun. So I think finances finances are fun. And I think once we all start to just understand our stuff, because that's all we have to do, we make it complicated because we're trying to understand everybody else's and we're trying to figure out how Jeff Bezos became the richest man or how what would you do with a hundred plus billion dollars? Honestly, I look at it and I think, who cares? <laughs> that's Jeff's problem. And really the people that have, that much money have just as many problems as people who don't have enough money. So it can be the same scale, uh, different kinds of problems, different ways to handle it, but it can be a big problem just having that much money. So I think who cares? That's his problem. And if it's my problem, I'll deal with it. All I have to understand is my stuff. I don't need to understand his stuff. He's got people that are helping him and working through it. So really all I need to know is my stuff. And that's the same attitude that we all should have is all you need to know is your stuff. Now, in my case, I need to understand my client stuff because that's that's my job. <laughs> and that's the fun part for me is you get to see all the different styles of life and all the different kinds of people. And we get to every plan's unique because everything for each person is unique and everybody's life is is their own. And I you could have identical twins. I have siblings. 
as clients and completely different interests, completely different goals, completely different retirement plans, completely different ways they invest. They don't even invest in the same things. So these are all the things that we do talk about here on the Inspired Choices Network uh, on Financially Speaking. But getting really good with your money and getting really comfortable with your money, it also comes down to being comfortable with other parts of your life. So uh, if you have any questions about any of the shows, please reach out to any of the hosts. We're happy to happy to chat. We're happy to email back or, or share some insight or in the chat room, whatever the case is. And um, we're also looking for other hosts if we're missing something. So if you're on the networking, you're like, geez, why aren't they covering this topic? I hear lots of people talk about it and I think it's important. Guess what? You might be the next host at the Inspired Choices Network. And reaching out to Christine MacGyver is easy to do. She's easy to talk to. Uh, she's our, our producer uh, of some of the shows. She's the host of the Inspired Choices Network show. She's the owner of the network, and she's got some great visions on how people can do their shows. So please reach out if you're thinking there's something missing. Uh, now, tonight, tonight, if you think insurance is exciting, <laughs> you're really going to love tonight's show because it's going to be about taxes. Um, I have a friend, and her. We, we've all heard the saying that the only guarantees in life are death and taxes. Uh, I have a good friend and her motto is the only thing in life, the guarantee, the only guarantees in life is, is I was born taxes, death, and I'm going to be late every time we have an appointment. <laughs> so when she texts me that, I'll never forget it. Uh, I laughed. I thought it was really funny and it's also very true. So those are things that we know for sure are death and taxes with the exception of my friend guarantee. She's going to be late for the appointment. Um, so tonight, let's talk about taxes. We're going to talk about uh, what we can do. Uh, people, I get asked this a lot, especially right now. We're coming into tax season. People want to know uh, where are they going to be at paying taxes and what can they do to lower their taxable income? Well, here it is in a nutshell. It doesn't matter where you are in North America right now. I could tell you in Canada, uh, which is where I am, uh, there is nothing you're going to do today it's going to lower your taxable income, except one thing. That's it. This is not the time to do fancy tax planning if you think you want to save on your taxable income for your 2020 tax year, because all that has to take place before December 31st. I like to encourage people if they can, uh, and if you're tracking your cash and you're being up to date and being organized with your finances, this is easy to do. But say in November, or even, even December, but sometime in November, I find, give yourself a good month before the end of the year, figure out where you're at and figure out where you want to be at. And then you can start to do stuff because you're before the end of the year. You've got time to make charitable donations. You've got time to um, move some of your investments to uh, realize a loss or realize a gain, or these are all things you talk to your advisor about or you do yourself. But um, there's things you can do before December 31st. After December 31st, that's it. There's only one thing you're gonna do and I'm gonna to talk to you about it right after our break because we're coming up to our first break. And then when we come back after the break, I'm gonna to talk to you about some this one and only thing that you're gonna be able to do here in Canada that's gonna change your tax situation for your 2020 taxes. And we're gonna talk about different options going forward because it never hurts. I mean, you have to file your taxes now for 2020. That's coming up, that's for sure, we know that. But everything that's happening now after January 1st is going to be on your 2021 tax return. So we're already into our next year's tax return. 
year or season or um, fiscal or whatever you want to call it, but January 1st, 2021 became your new tax year. And this is all the stuff that's going to be on your taxes next year. So now we're aware of it. We can make changes. We can make adjustments. We can plan for it. Um, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and you're on the Inspired Choices Network. And we're going to be right back after this break. Stay tuned. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, or maybe you're watching it on uh, one of the Bing television or one of our podcasts, which is over 50 of them that we're on. Uh, so if you are, then that means you're not watching it live, <laughs> but which means you can't log in or ask questions, but you can go to the Inspired Choices Network and you can look up Financially Speaking and you can contact me. So anything that you have questions on later or any topics you want me to, to tackle, then please feel free to reach out and we'll do that. So tonight was a topic uh, on taxes because we're coming up to tax season. And I had someone ask me about this and said, you know, you should do this as a show because the one thing that I get asked a lot and a lot of people don't totally understand, and this is going to be for my Canadian friends, but for my American friends, I'll tell you the equivalent. Um, a TFSA, which is a tax-free savings account, and an RRSP, which is a registered retirement savings plan. What's the difference and when to use them? That is similar to a Roth IRA and a 401k. So here's the thing. I said before the show, there's one thing and one and only thing that you can do right now to change what your taxable income is going to be on your tax return this year that you're filing for 2020. And that is an RSP. So let me start by telling you the difference between the TFSA and the RSP. Because people ask this a lot, 
Um, and frankly, I have to tell you, I don't think people use them right a lot of the time because of the way they're advertised. So a tax-free savings account, that is an investment opportunity. Let me say it's a tool that you can use for investing. Most people, because of the way it's advertised, think it's a bank account. Well, even if you're using it as a bank account and you're earning a little bit of interest, which is not gonna be a lot because I know you're not getting paid a lot of money in a savings account, uh, you're probably not taxable anyway because you're not earning the threshold to be taxable on for the amount of interest you need to learn, earn. So I say it's probably not being used right because most people in Canada are using a TFSA as a tax-free savings account, bank account. And the reality of it is um, it's, it's not making enough interest to be tax-free anyway, or so you, you wouldn't be taxable anyway. So you're not really saving anything on the tax in that respect. But if you use it as an investing tool and you can invest the same way in a TFSA that you do with an RSP, so let me start by explaining that part first, and I'll talk to you about RSPs. So if you have a TFSA investment and you are investing inside of that, the same funds or stocks or however you're doing your investing, um, it becomes a long-term, potentially long-term, uh, could be a short-term or it could be an emergency fund. Either way, it's invested, which means it can be making money for you. And anything you're making inside of that TEFSA is tax-free. So let's say, for example, you invested $1,000 and you left it in there for 10 years and you didn't touch it or maybe you added to it. Um, but for the most part, you just let it grow over the 10-year period. And that $1,000 became $3,000, just for argument's sake. This is not financial advice. I'm not using any fancy math. I'm just picking a number out of my head so that I can show you an example. So $1,000 was invested today and 10 years from now it's worth $3,000. That's a $2,000 gain, right? Normally, if that was invested in an RSP, for example, it would be 100% taxable when you take it out. The money you grew, the money that was the principal, it's 100% taxable based on your marginal tax rate. If it was in an open or a non-registered account, which means it's not in a TFSA, it's not an RSP, um, it's just in a, an account that it has no registered umbrella around it, uh, you would pay capital gains on that $2,000 growth, which right now is 50% of it at your marginal tax rate. So out of that $2,000 growth, 1,000 would be taxable at your marginal tax rate. But because it's in a TFSA, 100% of it is not taxable. That's the difference. So if you think of a TFSA and an RSP beside each other, the one is 100% taxable and the other is 100% not taxable on growth or principal. Here's the big difference. This is the part people aren't co completely sure of. And I get, I get asked this a lot. So it's very common. So, and I know a lot of people, especially women when I talk to, they don't wanna sound, oh, I don't wanna ask a dumb question or sound silly or whatever. You're not. There's a lot of people asking this question. And the question is, what's the difference then between them other than that growth part of it? Well, the TFSA has zero impact on your, your um, tax return. So when you file your tax return, the government doesn't care if it grew 10%, 100%, 1,000%. They don't care. They're not going to ask you that because you're not paying tax on it. But you're also not deducting the principal from your tax return versus an RSP 
if you put that thousand dollars in on RSP, that thousand dollars gets deducted off your income for your tax return. So it lowers your taxable income. That is why most people do RSPs for the purpose of getting a lower margin or a taxable income on their tax return, which means they'll pay less in tax. That's normally what happens. Now, let me tell you the second side of that, which I think other people, which the people are missing. And I think it's, there's great strategies around all of it. And every tool, I'm not going to tell you one's better than the other because they all have their place. And there's, it's completely conceivable that you would have a TFSA and an RSP because they're doing two different things for you. But here's the thing about the RSP. If you get a tax return that gives you a refund, which is typically what happens, they say, oh, I need this much in tax RSP so I can get a refund. So you get your refund of $500. That $500 is actually the tax that you would have paid had you not reduced your income. So what does that mean? That means in the future, at whatever point in the future, it could be 15, 20, 30, 40 years from now, you still have to pay that tax on the $1,000 that you put in an RSP. The difference is you haven't saved the tax to use that money to pay down the taxes. By that, I mean that refund realistically should be invested to save you for the future so that you've got the money now. So really what you're doing is you're deferring paying the tax but you're not saving the money to pay the tax with. Now, most people don't do that. I've heard many, many, many people say, I'm gonna have it now, not this year, but over the course of the years, I've heard lots of people say, I'm gonna get a $2,000 refund, so we're gonna go on a trip. Well, that money you're going on the trip with is actually the tax you're gonna owe down the road, roughly. So what am I suggesting? I'm suggesting as part of your plan, if you're working with an advisor, and I've said this many, many times, if you're working with an advisor, that's great. It's not required. If you're doing it yourself and you understand and you're good with it, that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with it. Remember, everybody's answer is right. Everything you do is right. It's all right for you. So if you're doing it yourself, just be aware that you still have to pay the tax. You're just paying it in the future. So an RSP is a tax deferred investment. Okay. So you're paying the taxes in the future. So the benefit of that is you're investing the whole amount gross instead of net of tax. So instead of paying the tax on the $1,000 and investing the difference, so say you paid a couple hundred dollars in tax. So now you've only got $800 left to invest. For example, these numbers are not great. You know, they're not exact. But that, that changes now you're investing $800 and the compounding of interest and dividend reinvestment, all that's gonna be happening over the next 40 years versus $1,000 getting invested. And that same exact compounding happening over the next 40 years. Obviously, $1,000 is more than $800. So you're going to make more. But you still have to pay 100% of the tax on the $1,000 because that's income money that you deferred to pay tax on. That's what it is. $1,000 that you put in your RSP today is to reduce your income, which means that's income you're saying, I'm going to defer paying tax on into the future. And that future point is when you withdraw the money from your RSP. I hope that makes some sense. So that's the difference between a TFSA and RSP. It's the impact on your tax return. Now, Another similarity between the two that um, people really would want to need to understand 
is the TFSA limit. That is, that's the amount of money the government says you're allowed to put in without any trouble. That is based on what the government tells you. It is not, it has nothing to do with how much money you make. Every single Canadian has a $75,500 limit on their TFSA if they were over the age of 18 in 2009 when it came in. So as soon as you become 18, that's when you're allowed to have a TFSA. So if you turn 18 this year, then you're allowed to have $6,000 in TFSA allowance. That's your contribution limit. It's based on what the government tells us. There's no magic, there's no formula, there's no math. The RSP is based on your income, which is 18% of your income, but it's capped, which means the government has said, if 18% of your income is greater than $27,230, then that's it. Doesn't matter. That's the max, the 27,230, I think is the number this year. Don't quote me. I'm sure your tax preparer or your financial advisor will look it up, and make sure. But I'm pretty sure that's the number this year. So it's either 18% of your income or the max, which is the cap. So that means the government is setting a limit, but one is based on the government having nothing to do with your income, and the other is based on having to do with your income. Those are the two differences or the, the two ways they're calculated. The other similarity, so there, there's similarities between the two, um, is the withdrawal. You can withdraw from them. Now, when you withdraw, this is the difference. This is what people don't understand. When you take money out of your RSP, so say you contributed and you've been doing that for a few years and you're, I don't know, let's pretend you're 60, and you need to take 10, for whatever reason, something's happened, and you need to take $10,000 out of your RSP. You're not retired. You don't have to be retired. You can take money out anytime you want. But the minute you do, you have to pay the tax. The other, the other important piece of that is, if you withdraw $10,000 from your RSP, you don't get to put it back in. Yeah, every year you're gonna get that 18% up to the maximum that they're allowed, but if, if pretend you're maxing out your RSP every year and you withdraw $10,000, that's that's it. That $10,000 is gone. You don't get to put it back in next year when you have the money. A TFSA is different. If you withdraw $10,000, you don't lose that contribution limit. You actually can put the $10,000 back in. The timing is what matters on it. And by that, I mean, if today you're 60 years old and you have $75,500 as a principal invested in your TFSA and you wanna take $10,000 out today, then you can, no problem. But later this year, you're not putting it back in. You're waiting until January to reinvest it because now it's not gonna look like an over contribution. So these are things that you wanna work with your financial people on or just track them yourself because you don't wanna get caught over contributing. That's when you get a penalty and we don't wanna do that. Same with your RSPs. There's, you hit a point where you over-contribute too much and you get a penalty. So there's similarities, similarities on that too. Those are the similarities and the differences between TFSAs and RSPs. You can see there, a lot of them are, are close. Like there's a lot of similarities. The way they get calculated, there's a contribution limit. Um, one, they are taxi, they can be tax efficient. One's deferring tax and the other one is tax free. Uh, one is the only the RSP has a limit has a, an effect on your tax return. So whatever you're thinking today, 
when you file your taxes in April, the only thing you're going to do now is an RSP contribution because charitable giving, that's all going to be in your 2021 taxes now. So with that, we're going to take our second break and let you absorb that. Uh, wrap your head around it. Think of some questions and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, and I'll be with you every Monday night, uh, Kathy Cook-Noble. And just before the break, we were talking about the differences between TFSAs and RSPs and how you can use them and maybe even maximize how you use them. The one question I get asked is, how do you know when to use a TFSA or an RSP? And uh, not to be difficult, but the answer is usually it depends because it depends on what your goal is. It depends on what your plan is. Because as I mentioned every night, your plan is unique to you and it's special and designed just for you. At least it should be. So you, there are different, there are different uh, philosophies, if you will, on uh, when people in the financial world recommend one over the other. So the TFSA, I've heard people recommend if you're younger and you're looking for some short-term a short-term place to park your money, uh, or maybe even as using it as an emergency fund. Um, I've heard, and there, and I can I can see that for sure. Um, it depends if you're taxable. So, say you're not making uh, enough income that puts you into a position where you're taxable, because based on uh, you know all your deductions, whatever they may be, your your taxable income is actually already in a refund position. So it might make sense to do a TFSA since you can't use the RSP to reduce your taxable income. Um, but it's not just that a tax-free savings account 
as an investment or as anything, frankly, but as an investment, it's not a short term. You can have it long term invested. So you very easily could put your money in a TFSA and then let it grow for 20, 30 years. You don't have to withdraw it. There's no uh, there's no rule that says you have to take out a certain amount at any time. Now, an RSP at age 71, you do have to. You have to convert it to something called a, a RIF, a Registered Retirement Income Fund, and you do have to start withdrawing on it and paying tax. And that is uh, the law here in Canada that's under the Income Tax Act. You cannot get around paying it. Um, by age 91, you have to have all the tax paid, <clears throat> whether you wanted the money or not. So those are some of the things, because that's the government's way of saying, listen, we gave you this tax deferred time, so now we want the tax. Uh, TFSA, you can leave it invested and take it out whenever you want for as long as you want. Uh, so there's different ways that I've had people ask me about that. Um, it just, it depends. It depends on what your, your particular income bracket is. It depends on your tax status. It depends on what the goal is. Depends on, uh, you know, how long we're planning on having invested. Uh, if you're going to have it for a short term, like say you're saving it because, you know, you need it for the next, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to need the money for some reason, then yeah, probably a TFSA. I can see that logic because the RSP you're going to, you're going to um, pay the tax on. So you have to keep that in mind, especially if down the road, because we don't know what the tax is going to be. Like um, it's not uncommon when the government changes the, the amount of tax gets changed too. So you have to keep that in mind. TFSA is always tax-free. So we always, we have a pretty good idea on uh, how that's going to play out, but you have to just keep an eye on external things like whether or not the tax rate goes up. So I want to talk a little bit because we're talking about taxes and this, we're coming into tax season. So in Canada, I got to tell you, you are going to have a bit of a bonus this year. And what's happened with this pandemic is so many things, but from a tax perspective, what's happened is a lot of people are working from home and a lot of people are mandated to work from home that don't normally work from home. So what the government has said, what CRA has said is you can claim up to $400 automatically as a taxable pandemic um, line item, if you will. So it's a, it's a work from home personal tax deduction. And they started talking about it in November, November 30th, actually, of the 2020. Um, but they said what they've done is this is how, it, this is how it's going to play out. All the employees who worked from home more than half the time over the last four consecutive weeks during 2020 due to the pandemic are going to be eligible. So that's your criteria. And they've also clarified that eligible employees can claim $2 for each day they worked from home up to a maximum of $400. So that's how you're going to calculate it. And employees claiming expenses this way will not need to track their expenditures, provide receipts, or submit any form signed by their employer, which normally you would. So that if ever you're audited, you can pull up the, the information and it corresponds to whatever it is you claim and everything should balance and match up and you have the receipts to go with it. Government saying you don't have to do that up to the $400 for, for those of you who are working from home who haven't been normally working from home. Now, the maximum, the maximum per individual is $400, okay? Um, but that's not per household, right? So that's per person. So you might claim 400, your spouse might claim 400, and that's fine. 
Now, the list of eligible expen expenses, they expanded for home-based businesses. So if you work from home normally and that you need to, or you work from home some of the time as a rule, then they've expanded what they're going to include for your um, allowable expenses. So they've expanded to include home internet access fees uh, as well. If employees are working from home, they do not need to have a dedicated home office and they can claim shared space such as a kitchen. So normally what would happen is you would have a home office and that particular spot in your house is dedicated to your work. It's gonna have four walls. So that is your office. It's not, it's not your kitchen table. That is not your home office. If you, even if you do work from there while you're home, that's fine. But normally a home office is a designated area to work. CRA is saying for those of you normally like that, it's, it's going to be expanded a little bit. Um, if you want to claim more than $400 in home office expenses, then they've launched two simplified versions required on your tax forms. And there's an online calculator to help with these expenses. So this year's taxes are going to be a tiny bit different. And I'll tell you the other thing that's going to change is um, they simplified uh, the form 2200. It's the standard declaration form required for the employers. Um, that's what the employer fills out for people working from home. Um, it's designed to help make it easier for tax returns. And it says that they don't have to be filled up with one's tax return. So you don't have to file it with your tax return, but you should keep it on hand just to be safe. So the other thing that you're gonna to have to be aware of in Canada, anybody that claimed CERB, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, that's taxable income. So the first round of CERB, we'll call it, in 2020, was uh, basically $2,000 a month, $500 a week. They did not withhold the tax. Like on your employment uh, stub, you usually see gross amount, less whatever your deductions are, and tax is one of them. Because the employer submits that in their source deductions every 15th of the month. That didn't happen because you're not registered as an employee of the government. So it is your responsibility if you receive the CERB, that will be paid on your taxes. So you have extra, you have whatever that income is. So if it was the 12,000 or if it was just 5,000, whatever you collected. However, the second round of CERB, they withheld it. So they did 20% withholding tax, but that's only for the last few months. So you are going to get, I'm, I believe they said they're gonna send out a T4 for anyone that collected the CERB. So these are all things you gotta watch for because it's gonna be part of your taxes. Now, um, people who work from home, that's part of our theme tonight with taxes and home-based businesses because you, you can claim working at home and some of your expenses. And here's the question that people get asked. We get it all the time with bookkeeping. What can you claim? What can't you claim? Well, here's what CRA says. Uh, your space at home, if you meet the eligibility criteria, you can claim portions of uh, certain expenses that relate to your home-based business or your working from home space. So if you're a commission employee and you sell goods or you negotiate contracts, typically you have to have an amount in box 42 on their T4 slip, which is an employee slip, right? And you can claim some expenses that salaried employees cannot. So what you can claim is, I'll tell you what a salaried person can claim, what a commission person can claim. So salaried employees can claim electricity, 
heat, water, utilities, like electricity, heat and water, uh, or condo fees, a portion of them. Uh, home internet access fee, maintenance and minor repair costs, rent paid for a house or apartment what you live in. So that's what all the salary and commission people can, play, can claim. In addition to that, commission people can also claim home insurance, property taxes, lease of a cell phone, computer, laptop, tablet, fax machine, if anyone uses those still, and things that are reasonably related to earning the commission. So if you're salaried employee, you don't get as many claims uh, for expenses as a commission employee does. But you need to keep all your receipts. Everything I'm telling you, keep all your receipts because you need them. And what you have to meet the eligibility criteria for working at home. But you also have to remember, you're not claiming 100% of this. You're claiming a portion of this, a reasonable portion. So if your office takes up 8% of your house, then it's probably a reasonable number that 8% of your invoices are going to apply or 8% of your expenses, I guess, are going to apply to that claim. So 8% of your internet, 8% of your heat, 8% of your hydro, that's going to be part of that room, right? So those would be reasonable. You cannot claim salaried or commission, mortgage interest, principal mortgage payments, home internet connection fees, Furniture, capital expenses like replacing your windows, your floor, your furnace, etc., wall decoration, stuff like that. Office supplies and phone expenses. If your employer requires you to pay for office supplies or certain phone expenses, then you might be eligible to claim them. Now, this is for people who have jobs uh, outside of their own business. So this is not self-employed. These are employees, salaried or commission. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's take a break our final break of the night, and we'll come back and wrap up our, our conversation about taxes and um, what we're going to do because they're coming up in a few months. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network family or family, financially speaking, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. I'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookkeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. Tonight, we're talking about taxes and uh, something of tax planning, actually, about this year. Like I mentioned before, this year's a, uh, it's going to be a special year because last year was a special year of 2020, which means your taxes are going to look a little bit different. So I think there's four new boxes on the 
um, T4 for employers to fill out. And what that means is there's, there's different things that you have to be aware of. Working from home changes whether or not you're allowed to write certain things off. Uh, like I mentioned before, 400 is the max without any receipts. Um, it could be more if you're a home-based employee and you work there some of the time. And I talked about that a little bit. Um, one of the things I do want to mention is last year was different. I know in, in Canada and the U.S. and around the world, it was different for everybody. And everybody had uh, different things happening with their governments, for instance, where there might have been support payments that were made paid out. I know there's a lot of talk right now about passing a big uh, almost $2 trillion in relief money through the um, United States. Their government is looking at that. That's all going to be something that you have to consider for next tax year because 2021's tax year is also going to be different than uh, what you're used to. So some of these things, I'm going to tell you about Canada because that's where I am. And um, some of these programs, we oh, I, I'm familiar with the programs and uh, it's going to have some impact on your taxes. So keep in mind, there was different programs for to support individuals in Canada. So there's individuals and then there's business ones, okay? I'm mostly talking about individuals today or um, working from home individuals. Uh, some of them are self-employed individuals as, as well because you may have qualified for some of these programs. The businesses had different things. I'll mention them, but we won't talk a lot about it. Uh, some of those programs were the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which is CERB, um, the new recovery benefits, and the new recovery benefits were stuff like the Canada Recovery Benefit, the Canada Recovery Sickness Benefit, the Canada Recovery Caregiver Benefit, where people were eligible to get certain kinds of money. You will be sent a T4A from the government for those. So it'll be like you're working for the government, you're going to get a slip like that. Uh, the Canada Emergency Student Benefit. There was special one-time payments, and those one-time payments were for OAS, which is Old Age Security in Canada, um, where they had a one-time payment of $300, and then a guaranteed income supplement, a, a GIS payment, which was $200, one-time payment, and a one-time payment to persons with disabilities, up to $600. These are not tax taxable. They're not going to be taxable, and they're not reportable, which means you're not going to get it deducted off your taxes, and you're not going to pay tax on it. <laughs> Um, and then there was also foreign benefits. Uh, foreign benefits are uh, if you got it from another country, like other than Canada. So I don't know. Um, it depends on how you got it, what you were, you know, what the amount you were getting. But these are all things that you're going to have to look at for um, your taxes. Foreign benefits are not going to be um, considered a source of income under the Canada tax rules. So you aren't going to get, uh, you're not going to get an income form or you're not going to be able to reduce it or use it or claim it on your taxes or pay tax on it. Uh, programs to support businesses were self-employed individuals um, where you had some of the things that I mentioned to you, uh, like, for example, Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, which just had its, uh, the end of January was the deadline for that to be applied for. Uh, there's the Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy, which got changed um, from the round one in 2020, where the tenant, the landlord had to apply, and round two is the tenant has to apply. There was a 10% temporary wage subsidy. There's a Canada Emergency Business Account, and there's a Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance 
So these are all areas that you're going to want to look at for your taxes. Um, taxes just got a little bit, if you thought they were complicated before, they just took a tiny turn to give you a little bit more to think about. But these are all things that you have to remember that keep your slips. And I used to, I, I mean, I tell everybody, even if it's just a bookkeeping thing, but just keep everything. And if you have somebody who prepares your taxes, let them tell you it's not something they're going to use. I always, I always am in a position where I prefer to tell people, just give me everything. And if it's a slip that isn't uh, part of your tax return, we'll give it back to you. But if it's something that is part of your tax return, I want to make sure you have it because it's easier than you trying to decipher, should I keep this? Should I not keep this? Is this what they mean? Is this not what they mean? Then it is to, it's easier for the tax preparer to determine that because they're used to doing it and they're starting to see so many of them, quite frankly. So it's like anything, they're, they're used to the paperwork, they're used to seeing those documents. And if they're keeping up to date, then they know what they're looking for. And they're gonna see that there's these changes that are happening for this year for 2020. And there's gonna be an extra couple lines that you have to fill in. Uh, if you received any of those assistance that are taxable, if you're working from home and you're gonna have that, say you're gonna take the $400 tax re, um, deduction. Uh, these are all the things that you wanna make sure Either you're paying close attention to it uh, because you can, you absolutely can understand this yourself and you can do it yourself. Um, or if you're gonna have it where somebody else is preparing your taxes and filing them for you, then make sure you save your slips and make sure you save the information. And honestly, make sure you ask questions that you wanna make sure that they're aware that there was changes this year and because of SERP, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefits, that they're claiming that because that's income for you. You want to make sure that you take that that slip into them and you claim that as income. So as we go into this new tax season, the only thing we're going to change right now, if we want to, is if we need to, if we, for whatever reason, we're advised to, um, the only thing you're going to do to reduce your income right now is an RSP contribution. Going forward into next year, honestly, the planning is... Um, unlimited because you can certainly be tackling your tax questions all through the year. And I, I personally think that's the right way to do it. Everything that you do either through, oh shoot, we'll see you next week. <laughs> I ran out Thank of time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.